coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast, brought to you, of course, by our great friends at MyBookie. Jump on this new deal while you can, guys. We've got a brand new promo code for you guys. It's 200 cash. Just go to MyBookie.ag. And if you're a brand new user, if you use this new promo code 200 cash, you will get a 10% cash bonus on top of your initial deposit, and there are no strings attached, guys. That's why cash bonuses are awesome. It goes straight into your account, no strings attached, no 10, 15 times playthrough. That is your money to play with, withdraw with, do whatever you want with. So take advantage of it while you can. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code 200cash. But all right, guys, I am your host, Tyler, and here with me once again this week to make our week four picks of the week is my co-host Charlie, who is, of course, the star of the podcast. But although, Charlie, you are the star of the podcast, we have got to talk here at the outset of the show. I think you probably know what this is. We talked about this off the air earlier in the week. There seems to be some dispute over the records that you put out last week on this show. It's called ADHD. Well, that is a problem. This is why I tell you, Charlie, if we had a spreadsheet, an actual spreadsheet on a computer, a digital copy of a spreadsheet, we could both just put our picks in there and they're there forever and no one has to pay attention. You can be ADHD and have your mind wander. I don't, I don't, I don't know why we can't do this. It hurts my head to think about it. How, it's so much easier. Not really. You're, just, you're, you're awesome, Charlie. We all love you here. You're the star of the podcast, but you are also stuck in 1997. I liked 1997. I know that you did. You never wanted that to change, did you? Spice Girls were great. Um, don't know if that's true, but I okay, maybe possibly. So our record, Charlie, we had it as last week you had me at 13 and 10, I think. I got distracted. Yeah, and it's also hard for me to, like, not even just to distract. Like, when you write things on there, I can't tell what you're writing at the time. Like, it's like in the margins. I don't know what's going on with your little... Handed in a notebook. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I will take into consideration. We're so thankful perhaps. that you're here and you're and you're mm-hmm. doing this show and you're keeping track of these things. Very appreciative. You are the star of the podcast, but even stars sometimes. You can't say but after that statement. You it are the star. Work. So, so you're infallible. Is what we're saying? I mean, I'm saying perhaps I will consider an electronic spreadsheet. I think that might be not just good for us, but for our fans. Because we do have a, mm. a, a listener who I greatly appreciate who's following these things very closely and keeping track of things. And he very kindly just DM'd me. It was like, hey, man, like, what's going on with these picks? I don't think that's quite right. And so I looked at it and I was like, you know what, man? I think maybe you actually might be onto something here. And I also want to look at this week, Charlie, or last week. So I don't remember, honestly, because I put so, like I told you guys last week, I put so many bets in that don't make the card. I oftentimes forget what I actually put on the card for this show. Uh, so I do rely on this chart. And I went back and looked at it and you have me last week for having, it says Maryland minus 14 and a half versus Virginia and then under 48 and a half. So I, I can't remember if I took Maryland minus 14 and a half. I think I no. actually bet on that. I don't know if I put it on my card though. You took the under. I did take the under, but then why did you put Maryland minus 14 and a half? Because I probably saw it on your screens or your picks. And then I honestly think I, I, I do think I meant to say that. And I, maybe I just forgot. I don't know. Bottom line is, Charlie, this is, it's not just you. It's me too. We have got to do a better job of keeping track of these things because we want to be intellectually honest for our listeners out there. I promise if there's any discrepancy, I promise that's entirely unintentional. It's just a product of um, the 1997 version of keeping records that we have here. But we're going to maybe adjust that, Charlie, possibly. I don't know. It's up to you. I'll leave it. I'll leave it up to you, Charlie. You are the gatekeeper. I'm gonna not allow my ADHD to kick in, and I will write neater. Oh, so we're not gonna do the thing that would make this all better. We're just gonna count on you to do it better. Okay. Yes. Sounds sounds like a plan. Okay, but I here's what I'm gonna do. I I don't know. I can't. It's hard for me to keep track of what you've got going on in this notebook, Charlie. It's just it's crazy. So I am just going to trust our listener who was keeping track of these things. So he seemed to have better records, Charlie, than maybe you got there in your handy notebook. So we're gonna say that I was. I think he had eleven and thirteen after last week, and not thirteen and ten, which is kind of a pretty decent discrepancy there, Charlie. 
But it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're going to get things on track this week. And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. But just want to put that out there in case anyone else has noticed that. I promise we're not trying to juice it here. Just a completely honest mistake if, it, if that has been a mistake. So there you go. Just extra entertainment. That, that's what this show's about. It is just having entertainment. No, no doubt about that. But I'm going to turn it over to you here, Charlie. Uh, you are going to go through our records, right? And we think these are correct? Yeah. We're going to go with that. We're going with it. Okay. Matches my notebook. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Tyler, you went six and five last week. Are you uh, sure I went six and five? Are we sure? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. You can correct me if I'm wrong later. I don't know. I, I'm asking. I don't know. I can't I can't make out what you got in the notebook, Charlie. I don't know. So, overall, you're 17 and 18. You pulled the ultimate Tyler and hit four legs of your parlay and then lost the last one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty par for the course. That but happens My often. bookie gave you the option to bail out early. And I really thought about it. I really thought about it. I was like, Arkansas is going to beat BYU. I really trust Arkansas. And no, I mean, they should have. They outgained them by 150 yards and were up 14 nothing and up most of the game and then uh, did what Arkansas likes to do and found a way to blow football games when I need them to not blow football games. That's just uh, very Arkansas. So now you are 2-1 and one for yeah, parlays. Yeah. You also missed your upset special with Purdue falling to Syracuse at home. So you are 1-1 one and one for upset specials. I went... Mm, it's been a rough start. Um, A little bit, but hey... This just we, We've said this the first couple weeks, Charlie. The first few weeks of the season are the hardest weeks to bet because you don't really know. We're going to get better at this. Your numbers are going to go up. Our records are going to get into the 50s and the 60%. Like, I'm actually frustrated, Charlie, right now. I'm not gonna, it's not just you. Two years in a row, I've gone over 60% against the spread. And right now, um, yeah, not there. So uh, we have got to get on a run here, Charlie. Well, I went 2-4 and four last weekend, which is, means I'm 8-12 and 12 overall. So It's early. I'm not doing... Great. A little room for improvement, but it's early. Uh, you, but you did this last year. You started off really cold, and then you hit like a three or four week hot stretch where you were like 10 games over 500 of the course of three weeks. It was crazy. You were doing awesome. So you maybe got that in you again? Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, like you, I missed my parlay by one leg. Tennessee lost to Florida. I really didn't see that one coming. Yeah, it, it's what sucks is when you get all these, you hit all these legs, and like the one leg you're the most confident in, you miss that, and you're like, Damn, that, that sucks. Yeah. I did hit my upset special with Mizzou winning due to Harrison Mevis hitting a 61-yard field goal as time expired. So there's that. Yeah, that one killed me. I had K-State minus three and a half. Yeah. yeah that one killed me. So I'm me. one and one for upset specials. What are your overall thoughts on last week? You know what, Charlie? I know six and five, as you say, might not look like the greatest record. It's not the best. Hey, over 500, I'll take it. But I will, here's what I will say after after last week. I would make every single one of those bets again. The ones that I lost, I feel like I was on the, most of them at least, I feel like I was on the right side of. And balls just bounce against you sometimes. Those are the breaks. You know, you get bad breaks sometimes, and that's what happened. Uh, FSU had 31 points. I, so I had FSU over 36. They hit 31 points like 11 minutes ago in the third quarter of that game against Boston College, and they did not score a single point the rest of the way. I, that how does that happen? It it did it did it happened, but I I still think that's the right side of that bet. I like that bet. Then we've got so I I, I missed Maryland and Virginia under forty and a half. The only reason I missed that is because Virginia. I, I I reason I picked that is because I know Virginia's offense is terrible. My problem was I just underestimated how terrible it was because not only did they not score, they turned the ball over in each of their last three possessions and gave Maryland very short fields that Maryland cashed in for touchdowns and barely went over 48 and a half. So I think that's the right side of that bet. I feel confident with that. I feel comfortable with that. Arkansas should have beaten BYU. They had BYU. That parlay, five-leg parlay, should have hit, but it didn't. Should have doesn't matter. And then Purdue over Syracuse, that just didn't work out. Purdue had two trips inside the 10-yard line against Syracuse and turned the ball over twice. They lost by two touchdowns. So I think that game should have been closer than it was, at least the final margin. But I don't think that was a terrible pick. I mean, and Vandy, you know, Vandy was up in that game against UNLV, and they end up, you know, really just falling apart in the second quarter. I still, they lose by three points. It was a last-second field goal. I... I mean, look, that that was a kind of an iffy bet anyway. But Vandy was right there; they were close to winning. So I didn't. I don't feel like I lost any of these just like crazily. Um, I think I was right there with most of these margins. And I think you know it's just a matter of time, Charlie. Eventually, these things are going to go my way. But hey, you know, I I again, I don't regret a single bet last week. I think I was on the right side of the vast majority of those. All right. Well, that was last week. Maybe this week will be better. I'm feeling this week, Charlie. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Last week's slate, I did not like. Like I, I we had to make picks as we do this show. 
and we want to give you guys some winners, we give you guys content, but there were not many picks that I was like, man, I'm really confident in this one because it was just a terrible, crappy slate. This week, though, Charlie, I'm feeling it. I like these games. All right. Well, you ready to get started? Let's roll. All right. We're going to start with Georgia. Last week's slate, as you just said, was pathetic, but this week is loaded, and we have six games on our featured slate starting with Georgia, but it's just UAB. It's another cupcake. Oh, well, is it though, it, Charlie? I mean, they're you, less of a cupcake than the first two cupcakes. Absolutely. Played. The dogs are a 42-point favorite in this matchup. Seems aggressive. I mean, they do have a great mascot, though. The Blazers? Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome mascot. Yes, yes. it's great. Um, and I love that they, they don't even call themselves the Dragons. It's the Blazers. So much better. Yes, we've seen a lot on social media this week. Kirby with his mic. We've seen the video from halftime with the players stepping up and motivating the team. I think we come out and play better than what we looked like in the first half last week, but I just don't feel like we're going to cover the 42 because UAB is not like a I mean, bad football team. They're not great. I mean, they're one and two right now. They've lost to two Sunbelt teams, but they also do some things well that we kind of struggle with. The running back situation is pretty bleak. I mean, we've had tons of in- injuries. The longest injury list we've ever had yep, is what I read. Yep, according to Kirby Smart. Yep, according to I Kirby. mean, it's just, it's it's not great. The injury situation is a concern. And that's one that's, that's a great point, Charlie. It's like when we are fully healthy, we have all of our players available, are we 42 points better than UAB? Yeah, I mean, almost certainly. Are we still 42 points better than UAB? Yeah, we absolutely could beat UAB by 42 points. I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. But there are some things that this UAB team does well that have given us trouble. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop short of calling this a quote unquote bad matchup because I mean, the UAB is not a bad matchup for Georgia. But again, they do do some things pretty well that we have had trouble with at points throughout this year. Now they can't run the ball at all. And we are not the kind of defense that you are typically going to find your running game against. That's not going to happen. They're only 105th nationally in rushing offense. But here's, it's not concerning, but it's just something to be aware of. Their best runner is their quarterback, Jacob Zeno. He doesn't lead them in rushing yards, but he has the most rushes among all their all their running backs and quarterbacks. He carries the ball a lot for them. And what has given us issues this year in the run game? It's not between the tackles. Nobody's been able to run the football on us with their running backs. It's the quarterback run game. The lack of discipline there, whether it's scrambles, whether it's like pulls and zone reads and things like that. Quarterbacks have accounted for 40% of the rush yards against us this year. And their best runner is their quarterback. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. So some of the things that they do well, have given us some issues at times. They also throw the ball extremely well. Now, we haven't had too many issues against the pass this year, but you know, you well know the issues that we had last year against the pass. That was the area where we were clearly the weakest on defense. We weren't terrible against the pass relative to the rest of the country, but we weren't good against the pass relative to our standards on defense. And this is a team that throws the ball really well, guys. Now, they will still try to run. They only throw the ball 56% of the time. But when they throw it, they are very effective. Their quarterback, Zeno, is number five in America in quarterback passing yards right now. And all of FBS, guys, number five in the country. They lead the American Conference. They can throw the ball. And we have not really been challenged through the air. Rattler did a little bit in the first quarter of that of that game last week, or I guess maybe the entire first half, that we were able to get pressure on. Now, if we're able to get pressure on Zeno, obviously that will help. But they can throw the football. And then defensively, they cannot stack up with us man-to-man, like personnel-wise, right? We're just bigger, stronger, faster, all those things. But defensively, they are very disruptive. Think about our offensive line, guys. We have had a lot of trouble with smaller defenders creating havoc in our backfield. They've got nine sacks and 16 tackles for loss in three games. This defense is not great. They've given up 40-plus points to Georgia Southern and to Louisiana. But one thing they do well is disrupt in the backfield and create havoc. And that is something that has given our offensive line trouble. So, again, I'm not saying it's a bad matchup. Like, we're so much better than UAB. This game should not be remotely close. But we're talking about 42 points here. And I do think there are some things that this team does fairly well that has given us some issues at times. Now, one thing that does encourage me, Charlie, you mentioned the slow start. You think we'll be play better in the first half? I would like to think so. And I think this is a game maybe where we can get right in the first half because this UAB team has given up 28 points and 24 points in the first half of each of the last two games against Georgia Southern and Louisiana, respectively. So there's that. That, that does give me reason to believe, hey, maybe we can jump out to a quick lead and we just coast here. Maybe we do cover the 42. But I go back and look at all the things they do pretty well that has 
kind of been somewhat of an issue for us. And you combine all that with just the general lack of focus and lack of intensity that we have seen in our previous two games against non-Power 5 teams, against UT Martin and Ball State. It wasn't the same level of intensity that we saw against South Carolina. It just wasn't. And coming off that South Carolina game, now maybe our coaches got our players' attention. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. But I need to see us come out and do it in the first quarter before I sit here and say that we're going to cover 42. And you also have to factor in the clock rules, guys, as we talked about earlier in the week. You just don't have as many possessions. And I think that betters like myself, like you guys, and also the sportsbooks themselves are trying right now to recalibrate and kind of figure out what do these what should these spreads look like when you factor in these new clock rules. So 42 points is not impossible. It's not insurmountable. Of course, we can absolutely do that. But for all the reasons I laid out, I'm going to stop short of saying that Georgia covers. I'm not putting this on my card, but I, if I had to lean one way, I would lean towards UAB covering this. We still win very comfortably, but I don't know if we'll get to 42 points and cover that. We might score 42 points. I don't know if we cover the 42. All right, but not on your card. Not on my card. Not on my card either. All right, now before we, we're going to get to the rest of our slate, but do you want to do a quick break here real quick, Charlie? Sure. Because I am prone to forget these things. All right, guys, we said at the outset, I'll say it again here. Our great friends at MyBookie are hooking you guys up. Our initial promo code did expire, so I hope some of you got were able to take advantage of that. But we have a new one for you guys, and it's a great one too. 200 cash. Go to mybookie.ag right now. Use the promo code 200 cash if you're a brand new user, and you will get a 10% bonus on top of your initial deposit all the way up to $200. Now, the reason this is so great is because a cash bonus means there are no strings attached. There is no 10 times, 15 times playthrough where it basically becomes impossible for you to get your money out, at least for a couple of years, more or less. With this, you just bet whatever you deposit one time, and then it's free to to withdraw and do whatever you want with it, guys. So this really is a great deal. It's so much better than what most of the sports books give you guys because, again, they're trying to just keep your money in in their in that account. Right? They don't want you to be able to take it out. That's why they give you the 10, the 15 times playthrough. But MyBookie's not doing that to you guys. This is why MyBookie is the best. So go ahead, again, MyBookie.ag, promo code 200CASH, so you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. All right, well, coming off their alarmingly lackluster performance against South Florida last week, we had Alabama. You know, it was ugly. They're returning to the friendly confines of Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday. Was this so friendly a couple weeks ago against Texas? This is true. 3.30, right? This is the CBS 3.30 game. Taking on Ole Miss. We know the Saban-Kiffin matchup. It never fails to entertain. Was it the last time they played at Bryant-Denny that – Get your popcorn Kiffin ready. Said, get your popcorn ready. Didn't work out so well. Yeah. They actually I mean, played pretty well. They just went for and fourth down way too many times mm, in the wrong mm-hmm. situations and just got themselves off to a rough start. Alabama hasn't looked so great. The Rebels might actually have a chance to win this one and blow Alabama to two. Not blow them out, but like they'll have blow two up losses. their chances to make yes. the cultural playoffs, what you're trying to say. Absolutely. Right? Um, the books clearly think that this is a possibility with the line only sitting at Bama minus seven. Now. And I will say as of right now, guys, so we're doing this right now at what this is Thursday afternoon. And this is my bookies numbers. So they could have moved by the time you listen to this episode. I don't know, but right now we're going with what we have. But here's the thing. Alabama hasn't been embarrassed all week because people have been seeing the picture of Nick Saban or the video, whatever it was, coming off the field on Saturday night. Don't do this, Charlie. And the players have been embarrassed. They, It was ugly. I really just think... So you're, you're making the same argument, oh, Bama's mad, so now they're going to win. This is the same argument everyone was making all offseason. How has that worked out so far? It hasn't, but it's also at home. So is the Texas game. This is true. Now, so, maybe Texas is better than Ole Miss. That's yes. probably a certainty at this yes. point. Yes, but I'm still going to go with Bama. What's, mm. what, what's your take? I mean, Charlie, that, that's not a... That's, I honestly feel like it's a toss-up. I totally agree. But hey, when's the last time you said Bama Ole Miss was a toss-up? Right, but... Been a minute. We need to put this on our card. This is a big game. So I have to put this on my card? Yes. Okay. You were really? going to. Was I? I've gone back and forth all week, Charlie. So here's the thing with this game. So you are putting Bama on your card. Yes. You're saying Bama minus seven. Yes. Okay. You don't seem very strongly convicted there. But I'm doing it. Okay. Well, you know what, Charlie? If you're going to do it, I guess I've got to do it too. But I am going to have to challenge you here, Charlie. If I got to take somebody, I'm taking Ole Miss plus seven. 
Taking Ole Miss plus seven here. Let me give you a number here, Charlie. Wait, just a second. Can you read my handwriting in my notebook? Okay, let's see. Bama minus seven versus Ole Miss. Bama versus Ole... Yep, plus seven. Charlie, you after a great start. There we go. We got one down. No electronic now, spreadsheet needed. Well, I figured you would be able to handle things with the first pick. The, the real challenge is, can Charlie handle it when we get to, like, pick nine? Or is your mind just one? Are you looking in outer space? Wait and see. Well, we'll find out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt here, Charlie, but I need to see it to believe it. All right. Well, let me give you these numbers, Charlie. So, yeah, Lane Kiffin's 0-4 against Nick Saban. We know this. He has not beaten him. However... In three of those four games, they were very close. In fact, last year, Ole Miss absolutely should have beaten Alabama. They were up that entire game. Bryce Young did Bryce Young magic, and they somehow found a way to win that football game. It was a very, very close game. And honestly, Ole Miss blew that game. But in three of the four games that they have played, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team was within at least one score in those games for all but eight and a half total minutes. So 95% of those three games, the three of those four games, the Rebels were within one score of Alabama. They have they got blown out one time. They have not gotten blown out the other games. And I got to give credit to Chris Marler for that number. That's a great stat right there, but it matches up what you watch. Again, they should have beaten Alabama last year. Now, this game is in Tuscaloosa. That absolutely makes us a tougher game. And what really concerns me here, Charlie, I, would, I was all over Ole Miss early in the week, but I'm starting to back off of it ever so slightly because of their injury situation. It's not like our injury situation, but Trey Harris, their best receiver, Quinshaw Judkins, who was preseason All-SC first, first team running back. He played last week, but he was doubtful all week. He didn't practice all week. He played, had like 12 carries, one for like 36 yards. It's very unlike Quinshaw Judkins. He wasn't 100%. Is he going to play this week? I would say if he played last week, they'll probably play this week, but how healthy is he? How effective is he going to be? Trey Harris, their best receiver, had five touchdowns in the first two games, didn't play last week. How effective is he going to be if he plays? What happens if he doesn't play against Alabama? Yeah, you can beat Georgia Tech without those guys, but can you beat Alabama on the road without them? That concerns me. If Ole Miss was fully healthy, I would feel pretty good about taking the Rebels plus seven here on the road. I'm not saying they're going to win outright, but I would, again, three of the last four games have been very, very close between these teams, but the injury situation there to two of your top offensive weapons is concerning to say the least. I think Jackson Dart's playing at a pretty high level right now. He's still not a dynamic passer, but what he does in the run game, he's a tough physical guy. I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, He has improved as a passer. If he gets Trey Harris back, I feel more comfortable there. But I think that right now, Ole Miss is functioning at a much higher level offensively than Alabama. They are in a better place than Alabama with their momentum they're carrying into this game. And they have been challenged. They had to go on the road to play Tulane. Now, Tech is, you know, Tech sucks. But, I mean, it's a Power 5 team. So they've, they've had some solid competition they're going to go into Tuscaloosa and they're going to feel like they have they're playing with house money and you know like Lane Kiffin going for it on fourth down all the time that works against them sometimes like he did a couple years ago in Tuscaloosa but can also put a lot of stress on your defense and with Alabama right now Charlie they are hanging on by a thread right now and if things start to go haywire early in the game and let's say Ole Miss comes out with a great plan a great script in the first drive and they start scoring some points and they get out to an early lead does Alabama, I don't want to say fold, but does the stress get to them? Do they start like blaming each other? Does it just get nasty on the sidelines? It's very, very possible here. Also, Jalen Milrow coming back as a starter. It's a disaster, Charlie. Ole Miss has just got such a better situation at quarterback right now. I, I cannot pick Alabama in a game like this, even though it's at home, until I see it from the quarterbacks. It's a disaster right now. And I truly am, I and I have to see it to believe it mode. So give me the Rebels for all those reasons. Not insanely confident here, but since you're making me pick it, I'm going to go Ole Miss plus seven. Now you're making me want to change my pick. Pretty convincing argument, huh? But I'm not going to because I already wrote it down. Go with your gut, Charlie. Yep. Once oh, that, that's your rationale? I wrote it down and I can't change it? Well, please don't because you start marking stuff out. I don't know if I'll be able to read that. All right. Well, still nursing its wounds from the disappointing loss at Miami a few weeks ago. Texas A&M opens up conference play this weekend at home against Auburn. The Tigers won a 13-10 barn burner last year on the Plains, but playing in front of 110,000 in College Station is a little bit of a different story. Uh, A&M is clearly the more talented team, and they're at home, so they're currently the 7.5-point favorite in this one. Uh, This game's at noon. I think that's... Which is eleven? Yeah, it's, it's an time. early kick. That's it's an, an early, early game. Um, Oftentimes, that's that's an advantage for the for the road team because the home team is the crowd's not going to be riled up and liquored up and the whole nine yards. Yeah, I'm not sure. I trust 
the Auburn offense enough to score enough and cover the spread. I don't. Um, but can you ever trust Jimbo Fisher either? <laughs> this is the paradox, Charlie. Yes. Uh, but I am going to trust Jimbo Fisher, I guess, because I am going to take A&M minus seven and a half. So go Aggies. Hey, for one day and one day only, go Aggies. Absolutely. I'm with you here on this, Charlie. I got A&M minus seven and a half. I don't, you guys know I don't love hooks, but I just think A&M from a talent standpoint and the fact that they're at home, they are seven and a half points better than Auburn. Auburn's offense, guys, I told you guys on the SEC power ranking show, it is not a good thing right now. They, they don't have an answer at quarterback. They have one guy that can kind of somewhat a little bit throw, at least he's like mildly competent and a guy that's a dynamic runner but can't throw the ball at all. And they are literally changing these guys within drives from play to play. It's it's not it's not super effective right now. They just don't have any true playmakers on offense. They really don't. I mean, Robbie Ashford can kind of be that, but he's just a liability when he's a quarterback. It's, you know it's so predictable. He's just not going to throw the football. And if he does, it's not effective whatsoever. Defensively, I think they're pretty solid. They have some good players there. I think Eugene Asante, I told you guys earlier in the week, that guy is a stud. I mean, he's an all-SEC first-team caliber guy. But A&M's just got go those guys, too. A&M's got those guys littered all over defense. Now, do, now, do they play to their five-star ranking level consistently? No, they simply do not. I have some questions about the A&M defense, but I just don't think that Auburn's offense is equipped to challenge this A&M defense, especially on the road. They're, they just don't have the firepowers on the road. They don't have the crowd behind them to, to build the momentum. I don't think Auburn scores much at all in this game. And A&M offensively, I, I think pretty highly of. I, I, with Bobby Petrino coming over, I think Hunter Wegman's playing at a really high level for a guy in his first four years of starting. They have one of the best receiver cores in the entire country. A solid group of running backs. Offensive line's solid-ish. A&M is just better than Auburn. Let's just call it what it is. A&M, I know you got the Jimbo Fisher factor. And I mean, hey, that is what it is. It's always a risk when you bet on A&M when J- Jimbo Fisher's their coach. But I just, I don't think Auburn's that good, guys. I mean, I think they can get to six wins, but their offense is just flat out bad right now. And I, I think AM can score enough at home, ride the momentum, and, and get to a, a nice, comfortable victory here. Two, maybe three score victory. So yeah, give me the Aggies, minus seven and a half at home. All right. Arkansas is traveling to Baton Rouge this weekend. And this game almost didn't make it onto our featured slate because LSU is a 17 and a half point favorite. It's a traditional home night game in Tiger Stadium, and the status of Arkansas's star running back Raheem Sanders is still up in the air. Any updates on that? I haven't checked today. No, I mean, your boy Sam's being very tight-lipped on that. He hadn't played the last two weeks. I mean, if he doesn't play in this game, they got no chance. Yeah, with that uh, up in the air, the 17.5-point spread certainly makes sense, especially when you consider the performances of each of these teams coming off last week's uh, LSU's win against Mississippi State, where they totally dismantled them, and Arkansas finding a way to lose to BYU. Yep. Thank you, Hogs. Yep. I know you have that special interest in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this game, which is 55. Um, do you think the Hogs can shock the world or keep it close? No, Charlie, I do not. I've lost my faith in Arkansas. Look, in the preseason, guys, I guess I have Arkansas over six and a half wins. I think they can still get there. They should have beaten BYU. Oh, my God. Again, I just can't get over that. But whatever. It's what Arkansas does. But this is not a game I count on Arkansas winning. This was like when you're doing the helmet schedule and you're you're tallying up wins and losses, you get to LSU on the road, and you're like, oh yeah, that's a loss. They're not winning that game. So I have no expectation for Arkansas to win this game without Raheem Sanders. You know, they don't even, I don't think they have a puncher's chance without Raheem Sanders. I do think LSU has some deficiencies still in the secondary. Their front six is solid, and that's not a great matchup for Arkansas because, I mean, KJ Jefferson's a solid passer. He, he has improved. And I think they have some good receivers, but they're not dynamic on the outside. This is a team that has to run the football, and that's kind of playing into LSU's strength defensively with guys like Mason Smith and Wingo up front. I just don't think this is a good matchup for Arkansas. They certainly do not have the overall talent level that LSU does. Now, Jaden Daniels is a guy that is prone to have a dud of a game in him. He has those games. Now, last year, this is a game that Arkansas should have won. This is the week that we played Mississippi State on the road. I was in a, I was in a sports bar in Starkville watching this game, and you know I had my win total in Arkansas last year. Man, I, they should have won the game, man. And that KJ Jefferson didn't even play in that game. The backup quarterback. If, if KJ plays in that game, they win. They completely flummoxed Jaden Daniels in that LSU offense. And that was the game that Harold Perkins just took over, and they won the game almost single handedly because of Harold Perkins. So that was a tight game last year. This is a different animal. Tiger Stadium at night. No Raheem Sanders. KJ Jefferson is playing. Now, if Arkansas doesn't have any chance to cover, let alone even think about winning, 
KJ Jefferson has to play the absolute game of his life and not make the boneheaded, idiotic mistakes that he seems to routinely make that cost his team's games. And that's just what has to happen. Now, I just don't trust him. I don't trust him right now, guys. I know I'm up in my feelings about last week. I am. So maybe that's coloring my, my view in this game, but I'm not going to put this on my card at all. I'm just, I just, I'm fresher with Arkansas. So no, I'm just staying away from this. I, if I had to lean one way, I'm just, I would take LSU to cover. But you're not. But I'm not because I'm just mad at Arkansas. Now, if Raheem Sanders plays, I think there's a chance Arkansas can cover the 17 and a half. But without him, I just don't see it. I just don't know if he's going to play or not. All right. After FSU's week one beatdown of LSU combined with Clemson's embarrassing Labor Day loss to Duke, we all thought this line would be much bigger. But after FSU's close call last week against a bad Boston College team, FSU is heading to Clemson and they are only a two and a half point favorite. Clemson has won 42 of its last 43 home games and the last time FSU went into the fake Death Valley, and won was 2013. Long time ago. ago. Charlie. Yeah. Clemson has also won seven straight in this series. Um, is this the year FSU reasserts itself? Absolutely, Charlie. This is the year. I am not backing off of what I said about FSU following week one. I'm not backing off what I said about them in the preseason. Was that win, if you want to call it that, I guess technically it was a win over BC, BC. was that uninspiring? Absolutely. I mean, unacceptable. Now, they were up pretty big in the, in early in the third quarter, and they just kind of self-destructed, started turning the ball over, doing ridiculous, stupid things. But this is still a good football team, guys. That was the classic trap game spot. 100% going on the road against a team that barely beat Holy Cross the week before, lost to Northern Illinois in week one, and you got Clemson on deck, which you've been focusing on all year long. It's a classic trap game spot for FSU. And they are not at the point as a program. They don't have the maturity and the pedigree right now to be able to handle those situations, clearly, as we saw last week. But that does not mean that FSU is not better than Clemson. They are better almost everywhere in the field. I truly believe that. Clemson has no playmakers at receiver. They have nobody out wide. Their best playmaker, Williams, is probably, he's like a, really like a, a complimentary number three guy, but he's their number one receiver. I, I shouldn't say no playmakers, okay? Because I do think that Will Shipley, at receiver, they have no playmakers. At running back, Will Shipley and Phil Moffa are really, really nice one-two punch. Now, Shipley's a really, really good back. Is he elite? I, I don't know if he's that. Uh, I love his running style. The guy plays with his, his heart on his sleeve, man. Plays 100 miles an hour. He's a really tough physical player. I mean, I, I w- wish he was on our team. We recruited that guy heavily, and he ends up going to Clemson. But he's a Clemson kind of guy. I get it. But quarterback situation with Klubnik, now he's been really good the past two weeks, but they've played nobody. Against Duke, wasn't good. Now, against Tennessee last year in the bowl game, I know it's, it's a bowl game. It's, you know first start like you know you can't expect too much of him there but wasn't particularly good in that game I have not seen Cade Klubnik do it against a team the caliber of Florida State and until I do I am not gonna buy it yeah I know that as you call what you call it Charlie the the fake death valley yes I like that so the fake death valley I know that can be a tough place to play you said that they've won 42 of 43 games in in death in fake death valley so that's a tough place to play but Florida State is just the better team, man. If they're playing to their potential, which was what we saw against for most of the game against LSU, they're going to go into Clemson and not just win that game. They're going to win that game comfortably if they play to their level. Now, if they play like they played against BC last week, they will get beat. Clemson is good enough to beat them if they play like that. But that is not the Florida State that I expect to see this week. I think that that close call against BC got their attention. Keon Coleman did not have one single catch last week, which is crazy. So you know they're going to take a point to get him the football. They have so many more playmakers. Their quarterback is better. He's more experienced. They have better receivers. They have, I think that Trey Benson's a better running back than Will Shipley. People would disagree with me. That's fine. I think he's. A, I think Trey Benson's a really good back. Clemson probably has better linebackers. I think Florida State's defensive front actually might be better. I think Florida State's better in the secondary. So I think Florida State's just a better team. And I know people are scared away. Like, I, I, this line is crazy to me, Charlie, because this, to me, just screams overreaction to what we saw last week. I still think Florida State has what they were against LSU. They have that in them. Now, the thing with Florida State, again, is they're not that point where you can just count on them to show up and play at a high level in a game like this. But I'm going to put my faith in them. This is a game they've had circled. I think last week was an anomaly. I think that was an overlooked trap game spot. I expect the best version of Florida State in this game, and I expect them to go into fake Death Valley and win this game. 
All right, writing down FSU minus two and a half for you. I am also taking FSU minus two and a half. I, I mean, yeah, go Seminoles. Go Noles in this one. I don't yeah. like the Noles, but I, I would, I prefer them to be Clemson. Yes, and Clemson, he, no, thank you. Not, not my favorite place. No bueno. All right, and the last game on our featured slate is the biggest matchup of a pretty loaded Week Four slate as Ohio State is heading to South Bend to take on Notre Dame in an early season top ten matchup with massive college football playoff implications. I really enjoyed the South Bend trip. What a trip! It's just truly a trip of a lifetime. It's a great place, once a lifetime opportunity, especially this time of year. Wonderful weather. Anyways, Ohio State and its young quarterback, Kyle McCord, haven't played anyone with a pulse yet. So we will find out this weekend just how serious of college football playoff contenders they are. Sam Hartman has elevated the Notre Dame offense, but are they ready to win a game like this? I did not put this on my card. Definitely not on my card. This, I, I'll be honest with you, Charlie. I only have had a chance to watch Ohio State one time. That was against Indiana. They were very, very uninspiring in that game, but that was the first game for Kyle McCord. They've played a couple of little sisters of the poor since then, and he's been better, but like you said, like this is the first real test. And if you haven't, if I didn't say the line, I'm sorry. Ohio State minus three, so definitely going to be interesting. I am not putting this on the card. If I had to lean, I would lean Notre Dame because I think Sam Hartman, although Sam Hartman is prone to making mistakes. There's, he's had a couple games in his career where the guy just lost his mind through like four or five, six interceptions, like crazy stuff. But he is a super experienced player and has far more experience in, in big games than Kyle McCord does. And this is, I mean, this is in South Bend. It's going to be a really crazy environment. And, well, I mean, okay, South Bend, how crazy does it get? But it's, it's going to be a home for the advantage. There will be a lot of Ohio State fans there. It's a great, like you said, Charlie, it's a great, fun trip. But Sam Hartman is the difference in this game, in my opinion, although Ohio State does have a more loaded overall roster. I just need to see it from Kyle McCord before I go all in on them. That's why I'm staying away. I think Ohio State definitely has the better roster. And they can clearly win this game on the road. But Sam Hartman... I think could potentially, at the most important position on the field, give Notre Dame a little bit of an edge there and maybe counteract the overall talent edge that Ohio State has. I just don't know. I don't know what to expect from Ohio State because I haven't seen them a ton right now. So for that reason, I'm going to be conservative here. I've kind of just been spraying the board the first couple of weeks because I've been like over-eager to just get some football lines out there because we've been waiting so long for this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disciplined here, and I'm going to be conservative. I'm not going to put this one on my card. All right, well, that's the, you know, big matchups. Those are our featured slate games. Plan to talk about. So I have about six left. How many do you have before we get into parlays? And um, probably like nine. Okay, why don't you take a few and I'll jump in if I have similar plays. All right, how about this? Before we jump into the rest of the board and open season, quick break. Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall, guys, you know the drill. It is the absolute go-to for all Georgia fans when you're trying to find that 2023 Georgia game day gear or any Georgia gear whatsoever. They got you covered. Whatever you're looking for with a G on it, Alumni Hall has got you covered. The best selection of men's, women's gear. They have all the brands you could possibly want. They have the biggest hat rack probably in the history of the world. And this is the best customer service, guys. You go in there. They're welcoming. They want to help you. If you shop online, they send it with the greatest care. Like this, they do things that no one else does. And honestly, I don't know why a Georgia fan would shop anywhere else, to be quite honest with you. I mean, look, I, I am a guy that is, a, as I tell you, a fine connoisseur of Georgia gear. And so I've shopped over the years just about everywhere. But once I found Alumni Hall, it was over. Game over, Alumni Hall. That's my go-to. That's my spot because they always have what I need. So if you're coming into town this week, make sure to stop by Alumni Hall inside the Etchbridge Shopping Center just past the Iconic Connector. Or if not, you can also stop by online at alumnihall.com and find the same great gear and have it shipped directly to your home with the best care and the best customer service that you will find anywhere. So make sure to visit Alumni Hall, guys, because that is where the Bulldog shop. All right, will you start us off and take a few? All right, open season. Let's see what we got here. We did some SEC games, Charlie. I'm going to stick in the SEC to open things here. I'm going to go to Columbia, South Carolina. Give me the Gamecocks. We just saw them live here in Athens last weekend. They're not a great football team, but you know who's worse, Charlie? Mississippi State. They suck. So give me South Carolina. If I'm given less than a touchdown... Give me South Carolina all day long, minus six and a half. Mississippi State is the second worst team in the SEC. They are not good right now. I know Carolina has issues. I just don't know if Mississippi State is equipped to really exploit those issues. And I lied, Charlie. I told you that I did not have a play on the LSU-Arkansas game. I do have a play. I've changed my mind here. All right. 
I'm not taking a side here, but I am going to take the Arkansas team total over 17 points. Arkansas team total over 17. Now, I'm somewhat hesitant with that because I don't know the status of Raheem Sanders, and he is the driving force. Him and KJ Jefferson are the two driving forces behind that offense. But if they can scheme this well enough, I think that they can get to 17 points. I think KJ Jefferson is good enough. He doesn't just completely do the boneheaded things. I think they that he's good enough to get them on the board and maybe sneak a backdoor cover in there. I, they're, they're not really going to threaten to win this game, but I think they can score 17 points. I like this Arkansas offense, even without Sanders. They've got some decent guys behind him there. A.J. Green's a really speedy guy. So I, uh, I think Arkansas is going to get at least 17 here, so I'll go Hogs over 17. All right, well, I'm going to go back to that South Carolina game. I mean, Mississippi State. Poor Mississippi State. So bad, Charlie. Like, watching that, I felt bad for them watching the LSU game last week. That was just embarrassing. Yes, that it was. That was tough. So, like you, I am taking South Carolina minus six and a half. Um, yeah. Don't, don't. The bizarre dogs are not remotely competitive. Don't like to pick South Carolina because it just goes against everything in my being. Yeah. But definitely over. It's always it, hard to pick teams that you hate. Definitely over Mississippi State this weekend. Yeah, yeah, but Charlie, we're in this situation right now. We got to get some dubs on the board, so we, we we don't have the luxury of of betting with our heart here. All right, so uh, you want me to go again? Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go out west for a game here. All eyes, Charlie. Every single eye in America apparently is on the Colorado Buffaloes. Deion Sanders. Um, yeah, we haven't really talked much about Colorado because I don't want to feed into that. But I'm actually excited about this game. I know some of you might love Deion Sanders and what he's doing at Colorado. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, that's just me. Just me. I don't know about you, Charlie. I know that you uh, they, you won some money off, off them earlier in the year, so maybe you are a fan of what's going on there. I don't know. But, no, definitely not this weekend. Yeah, no, not this weekend. So Oregon is hosting Colorado. This is the first, I want to say real team, because TCU is actually a solid football team, and they just made, they just made some very horrific mistakes in that game that allowed Colorado to win. But Oregon is a different animal. Oregon is much better than TCU. They're better than Colorado. And Oregon, in my opinion, is going to absolutely wipe the floor with Colorado, especially without Travis Hunter playing in this game. This is a different level of competition for Colorado. Yes, they have some elite talent in spot. Shadur Sanders is a really good quarterback. They have some solid players out wide, even without Travis Hunter. But the lines of scrimmage, they're not good enough. Defensively, they are not good enough. And Oregon is just going to steamroll over them, in my opinion. I think Oregon is Oregon's not great defensively, but I think they're good enough to hold Colorado relatively in check. Hey, if Colorado State could hold that that Colorado offense in check, I believe Oregon is going to be able to do that at home. And Dan Lanning, you you, you saw the offseason comments that he made about Colorado, right? Yes, I did. But, I mean, it's Oregon and it's Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like, Colorado, they're going to find a way to be disrespected by anything. Like, they make up stuff. Now, they don't have to make this up. Dan Lanning actually said that. But he wasn't wrong in what he said at that point. He wasn't. But I think that Oregon, as, as, as motivated as Colorado gets with all the fake juice and they're, they're making up all the disrespect and they're just looking at everything and just trying to try to get themselves fired up, which, hey, whatever works for you, Oregon is going to be highly motivated to shut this team up. You know that they are, Charlie. And I think with all the eyes on this game, Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks are going to want to send a point. They're going to, or send a message. They're going to want to make a point, send a message here to the nation that Oregon is real. Because as I don't think Colorado is really all that good. They're better than obviously we all thought they would be. I still don't think they're very good because they just don't have the lines of scrimmage right now. I think Oregon is going to absolutely exploit that and run all over them. And I think that Bo Nix might play well enough in this game to put himself firmly in the Heisman conversation, which he should honestly already be because that guy is playing at a really, really high level right now. So I think Oregon absolutely blows the doors off of Colorado. So give me Oregon minus 21. I usually stay away from these big these big spreads in uh, Power 5 conference games. But yeah, give me Oregon minus 21. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon minus 21 also. So go Ducks, go Dan Lanning. So you're getting off the Colorado train? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. One week and you're off. Yes. Okay. I think, I think it it's was the right two. Play. Was it? No, you. You. I think you. The first two weeks. I think you won within the first two weeks. That's what I mean. Right, and then you jumped off the train after last week. Oh well, yeah, right. I did bet. Yeah, you bet them again. Yes, you I rode did. with it. So that's what I'm saying. You rode with them and they didn't work we out agree. for you. So now you're jumping off. Different words. We agree. Yes. yes. Go ducks. All right, go ducks. I'm with you there. All right, you go another one. Or you want me to go? Uh, you can go and I'll just jump in. 
Okay, I'm gonna go. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the Big Twelve. Texas Tech is at West Virginia. Now, West Virginia played a really solid game against Pitt. Now they couldn't throw the ball because their starting quarterback Garrett Green went out in that game early in the game. They still found a way to win, but it wasn't because of their quarterback. They just were able to run the football and you know, Phil Dracovic for Pitt. Just I mean, dear God, they like self-destructed in that game. West Virginia is a good salt team. I think they can actually get to a bowl game. I think they're going to be better than what people think they were. I think that Neil Brown might actually be able to save his job. But Texas Tech is just a better football team. And with, I know they're going to West Virginia, but this could be a classic letdown spot for the Mountaineers coming off that big backyard brawl victory over Pitt, first one in a long time. And also without their starting quarterback, Garrett Green, I think Texas Tech minus six. Like To me, this seems like easy money. I could be wrong here sometimes. It seems like easy money. Somebody knows something you don't know. But I like the Red Raiders here. I know they're 1-2. They lost two tough games to start the season. They could have easily won both of those games. I mean, they could have easily beaten Oregon. Oregon pulled away late in that game. But it was kind of back and forth early in that game. So give me Texas Tech. Give me the Red Raiders. Minus six on the road over West Virginia. All right. I do not have that game. Let's. I'm going to go back to the SEC for a minute. Um, Kentucky is going to Vandy. It's an early game. It's a noon game. Kentucky's favored by 13 and a half. I'm not going to take the spread, though. Do you have this game on your card? I thought about it, Charlie. I, I like the 13 and a half. I just, I'm backing off because I just don't know. Vandy's not good. They're terrible. But I just don't know about Kentucky right now. Kentucky plays at such a slow pace. I think they're good. They play at such a slow pace that they don't score a ton of points, especially with the new clock rules. I just don't know if there's enough possessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that is why I'm not taking the spread. I'm taking the under 50 and a half. I like that better than the spread, Charlie. That's a good pick. I like that one. I think you're going to win that one. All right, I'm going to go. Let's go to the ACC for a couple games here. Let's go Louisville minus 14 versus Boston College. Now, I know some of you were saying, when Boston College just beat Florida, almost beat Florida State last week. Yeah, they almost did. But to me, that was far more about Florida State and they're kind of sleepwalking than it was about Boston College. This is still the same Boston College team that lost to Northern Illinois in week one, the same Boston College team that almost lost to Holy Cross at home. In fact, those two games combined, they were outgained by Northern Illinois and Holy Cross. This is not a good Boston College football team. Louisville is not an elite team. I think Louisville is an upper tier ACC team. I think they're in that tier right below Florida State and Clemson. I really like what Brahma is doing there. They have an awesome receiver in Jamari Thrasher. That guy is electric. I think Louisville is going to put it on BC. I think what you saw from BC last weekend, that's more of a function of what Florida State was doing wrong and not so much what BC was doing right. Now, they got their act together a little bit. Certainly, they did some good things. But Florida State also turned the ball over and helped them out a lot. So I think that Louisville is going to get this 14. I'd say maybe three touchdown victory over BC. So give me the Cardinals there. All right. How many do you have left? Uh, let's say about four or five. All right, I have three, so go ahead again. All right, let's stay in the ACC. Let's, uh, Charlie, this is going to kill me. This is going to kill me. I, the only reason I'm doing this, Charlie, is we need some W's on the board. We got to get some wins, okay? And I don't have the luxury of betting with my heart here. Got to bet with my head, and it pains me to do it. It pains me to do it. In fact, I might not actually put my own money on it because I just don't think I constitutionally can do this, but I do think this is going to be a winner. Georgia Tech plus four at Wake Forest. I hate it. I hate it. I don't think Wake Forest is good, guys. I, don't, I really don't think Mitch Griffiths at quarterback is fine. He's not Sam Hart, but they don't have the same receivers they've had in the past. Tech lost to Ole Miss last week, and they lost to Louisville in week one, but Tech is competent. They, they weren't last year for most of the season, but Brent Key's got this team playing competently. Hayden King's actually a pretty solid quarterback. They have a couple guys in the backfield I think can, can like Trey Cooley, good running backs, some solid receivers. They're not good on defense right now. It's not an elite team. It's not even a particularly good team. But I don't really believe in Wake Forest. There's no home field advantage there. I think this is the kind of game that Tech can go in and pull out the victory. So I'm taking Tech plus four. I'm not going to do it because I it's just a step too far. I, I can't do this. But I think Tech could actually just win the game outright, but I, I just can't bring myself to say that out loud. So I'm going to go Tech plus four, and I feel utterly sick to my stomach saying that. All right, I'm going to go back up to the Pac-12 with Oregon State going, is it at Wazoo? Yes, it's at Wazoo. It's a night game. Um, Oregon State's only favored by three. DJ Uwe Ungalele. Close. Uwe Ungalele. Close, close. You almost had it. Um, I mean, he's... He's looked better, certainly. Absolutely, he's looked better. Um, which, good for him. I'm sure he was Dave laughing. Dave Martinez, fantastic running back. 
I'm sure he was really enjoying the first Clemson Oh, God, loss. you know he had to be. Um, I think Wazoo can keep it within three, so I'm taking Wazoo. Cam Ward. Uh, to cover the three in this one, because Cam Ward, yeah, he is number three in passing yards right now. In so the entire country. He's playing pretty well. I don't have that in my card, Charlie. The reason I don't have my card is because I already have a win total on... Washington State to go over five and a half, and they're playing really well right now. They already beat Wisconsin at home, which is a game I actually picked them. I think on the card I picked them to cover, and they and they cover for me. I actually picked them to win that game outright um, off the show. Didn't put on my card, but won pretty big on that. So they're playing really good football. And you're right, Cam Ward is awesome right now. So I think there's a really good chance they can beat Oregon State. But you're, you said you're taking Oregon State. Or you take, no, you're taking Washington State. I'm taking State. Washington State. Okay, taking Washington State plus three there. I, I love that pick. I'm going to stay away from it just because I already have some stakes on it. But if I had to lean to a side, I like that side. I got one more pick in the ACC, Charlie. We'll move on to another conference here. I'm going to go Miami is playing Temple. Give me Miami team total over 34. I don't know why this team total is only 34 right now. Temple is not good on defense. They get up 36 points and 450 plus yards to Rutgers. And Rutgers has a really tough time completing the forward pass. Their quarterback threw for under 100 yards last week, guys. And they put up 36 and 450 plus. Miami with Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, that team can score. They can put up points. So yeah, over 34, absolutely. Give me Miami over 34 team total. All right, well, last week, uh, OK State, that was pretty ugly. They are playing Iowa State. Um, also a this... very ugly offensive team. Yes, yeah, so the under is 36.5 for that game. So I'm not picking a side here um, against the spread. I'm going to take the under 36.5. It seems so illogical. This is also an Iowa State team that scored seven points against Ohio last week, Charlie. Watch me get screwed out of this one, but I really think it's reasonable. I mean, that's like a service academy versus service academy under. That's what it is. and that's, But that's basically how these two teams are playing right now. They have issues at quarterback. It's a problem. It's a problem. So I that seems illogical, but I actually think that's probably the right side of this, Charlie. Nice pick there. All right, I got a couple more here. I'm going to go to the Big Ten. Let's go Penn State. Whiteout conditions, Charlie. Whiteout conditions. Penn State minus 14 and a half versus Iowa. Saturday night, wide out. Penn State is going to roll in this game. Iowa, once again, cannot score. Charlie, Brian Ferentz is going to get fired. They, they are not going to average 25 points this season. No, they are not. They are not. And look, their best their best playmaker offensively, Luke Lachey, their tight end, is out for the year now. And K. McNamara has not been played at a high level. Their top two running backs are out in this game. And they're going to go to Penn State. They're going to go to Happy Valley and find a way to win this game and even keep it close. I know Iowa plays good defense. I get that. Penn State at home in a wideout is just better than Iowa. Iowa cannot move the football. They really you know, can't ever under Brian Ferentz. But now without their top playmakers, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for them to do anything on offense. And it might be an ugly game for the first half or so, but Penn State has enough firepower to pull away. I, I don't love the hook. I don't love the hook. If it was 14, I'd be all over it. But I'm still pretty over this one. So give me Penn State minus 14 and a half. All right. And just for fun, I have a Sunbelt game on my card. This is my last one before we get into upset specials and parlays. Georgia State and Coastal Carolina are playing this weekend. I'm at Georgia State. I mean, they're pretty good. I pretty won decent. money on them last week. Um, I'm going to take them plus six and a half in this one. I like that. Charlie. Coastal is... Jamie Chadwell has moved on. He's at Liberty now. It's not the same coastal team. And hey, Georgia State's, you know, they got a returning quarterback. I think they're pretty good. I won some money on them last week. Like that. Charlie, you got some good picks this week. All right, I got, so you went to a, you went with a wild one there. I got a little wild one for you before we move to the parlays. I'm going to go Rice. I'm going to go Rice, Charlie. JT Daniels, Luke McCaffrey. This team can score points, guys. They've already beaten the Big 12 team. They already beat Houston this year. And they're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at South Florida. Now, I know that South Florida kept it really close against Alabama last week. But was that so much because of South Florida, or was that more about Alabama? To me, having watched that game, more about Alabama. South Florida is still not very good, guys. Rice is actually good. This is a really good G5 team. I think this line is a vast overreaction to what happened last week with uh, with Alabama going to Tampa. Yeah, give me Rice. I'm a, I actually might be more confident in this pick than any of these games. So give me Rice, minus two and a half. JT Daniels is playing well, guys. Through for 400 yards against, against Houston. This guy's playing well. He's finally found a little bit of a home for himself, and the pressure's off of him. He's not in the spotlight anymore. I think this is a good G5 team. So give me Rice, minus two and a half at South Florida. 
All right, is that all of your picks? That is all I've got here before the parlays. Ready to go on to upset specials or parlays? Charlie, first? I, I gotta commend you. You, I think you've kept. Fo- this is the neatest handy dandy notebook page I've ever seen. And only one error. If I only had a little whiteout. Well, you you know when you wouldn't need whiteout is if you used an actual spreadsheet. I like this better. I can hold it. Whatever you want, Charlie. You start the podcast. Yep. All right, upset specials or parlays first? Parlay. Really? We usually do upset specials no, I first. Like, I feel like I'm so... Do you, do you pay attention? Yeah. I mean, honestly, honest question. I feel like we do upset specials last. No, I feel... Okay, maybe. I, oh, definitely, mm. Charlie. Yes, okay. definitely. So, parlays. I am going to take a three-leg parlay for plus 191. FSU over Clemson, Kentucky over Vandy, and Mizzou over Memphis. Memphis. Yes. What's yours? All right. So, man, I won the five-leg parlay last week, and it got me. Got so close, guys. We were one away. But you know what? Screw it. I'm doubling down this week. We were so close, man. So I'm going with it again. I got another five-leg parlay for you. I got to challenge myself, man. These three-leg parlays are too easy. Let's go Let's go big here. And this is a, maybe the biggest parlay I have put on this show ever. I've got Texas A&M to beat Auburn. I've got Houston. I've got South Carolina to beat Mississippi State. I've got Florida State to beat Clemson, which is that is the that's the riskiest one. I recognize how risky that is. I, that's how confident I am in Florida State and how much better they are than Clemson. And then I've got Kentucky over Vandy, like you had, Charlie, and that comes out to plus three hundred fifty-eight, plus three fifty-eight odds, Charlie, with that five-leg parlay. Now, if you don't trust Florida State, which I get. If you take them off and go with the four-leg parlay and take AM, Houston, South Carolina, Kentucky, that still pays out at plus 160. I love that. I do not see how that one loses. Florida State makes it a little riskier, but if you're as confident in Florida State as I am in this game, and I know it's a tight spread, but I believe in Florida State in this game, I'm putting them all in there. So give me, again, AM, Houston, South Carolina, Florida State, Kentucky, all on the money line, plus 358 odds. Let's go. That is hitting, guys. We're going to cash that. And which leg... Do you think you're most likely to lose? Oh, definitely Florida State. Okay. And second? Mm. I, don't, I think all, the other one's going to win, Charlie. I don't see how they're going to lose. Okay. I really, I mean, maybe the South Carolina, because their offense line is so bad, they find a way to screw yeah. up at home, maybe. All right. Well, let's I mean, if, go. If I lose, it's Florida State. Like it's, it's, and that's what we're going to be talk, talking about next week. I know. All right. Well, upset specials. I earlier said I was taking Wazoo to cover the three against Oregon State at home. I am taking Washington State to upset Oregon State when the Beavers go into Pullman. Into Pullman, Washington. Have you ever been to Pullman, Charlie? I have not, but I would love to. I would love to. I know it's in the middle of nowhere up there, but that's the kind of place I would love to play. Because when would you ever go to Pullman, Washington? It'd be so much fun. To a little provincial town like that, it'd be so much fun. So I would love to, but uh, probably pipe dream. Never happened. But I like that, Charlie. In fact, that was my second upset special. I I love that. In fact, I, can I can I put that now? Can we take more than one upset special? Sure. Uh, no, I'll give you that. I don't wanna, I don't want to jump on your parade there, Charlie. So I'll, I'll I'll let you have Washington State over Oregon State. I'm gonna take UCF, the Central Florida Golden Knights, over Kansas State. This is their first Big 12 game. I think Central Florida is good, guys. I watched the entire game against Boise State. I know the final score is like. 15, 30, it was something ridiculous, like 18, 15, maybe something like that. But UCF turned the ball over inside the 10-yard line like three times and just, and got stopped a couple times. They moved the ball at will up and down the field. John Rice Plumley, we know what kind of athlete he is. He's actually improved as a passer. They have some legit dudes at receiver. Javon Baker is really, really good. They have a couple really good backs. I like Rufus Harvey, really, really good running back. And their defense is like, it's not... Typical Power 5 caliber, but they have enough players on defense. I think UCF is a pretty darn good football team. Kansas State coming off the loss to Missouri. It's a heartbreaking loss, 61-yard field goal. Kansas State is still a good football team. I just don't think they're as good as they were last year. They lost some key pieces. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn is off to the NFL. I think Central Florida gets this win in this Big 12 matchup. So give me the Knights outright over Kansas State. All right. You ready to go over all of them? If you got them, Charlie. I have all of them. We trust you. Start the podcast. We trust you. 100% correct. All right. I have more picks this weekend. I'm proud of myself. All right. Hopefully they'll be correct. Well, we we, we need a big week, Charlie. (laughs) We'll see. All right. I chose Bama minus seven over Ole Miss. Texas A&M minus seven and a half over Auburn. Um, Arkansas, LSU over 55. FSU minus two and a half at Clemson. South Carolina minus six and a half against Mississippi State. Oregon minus 21 against Colorado. Go Ducks. Kentucky and Vandy under 50 and a half. Um, Oregon State 
Um, no, I'm sorry. Washington State plus three against Oregon State. Um, Oklahoma State and Ohio- Iowa State under 36 and a half. And then Georgia State plus six and a half against Coastal Carolina. Upset special being Washington State over Oregon State. And your par- my parlay for plus 191 is FSU, Kentucky, and Mizzou. All right, Charlie. I like your card, Charlie. I think you did well. We'll see how it plays out, but I like it. Good picks. All right, I've got Ole Miss plus seven at Bama. I've got AM minus seven and a half at home against Auburn. I've got Florida State minus two and a half as the road favorite at Clemson. Give me South Carolina minus six and a half against maybe the one of the two worst teams in the SEC in Mississippi State. Arkansas is not going to beat LSU but I think they're going to score more than 17. So give me the Arkansas team total over 17. Give me Oregon minus 21 versus Colorado. I do believe the Ducks wipe the floor with the Buffaloes, and I don't want to say in the hype once and for all because I don't think the hype will ever end, but they'll put some they'll put a dent into it, we'll say. Texas Tech minus 6 at West Virginia. Louisville minus 14 at home versus BC. Georgia Tech plus 4 at Wake Forest. Miami team total over 34 versus Temple. Penn State minus 14 and a half versus Iowa in whiteout conditions. And Rice, let's go off the radar baby. Rice minus 2 and a half JT Daniels at South Florida. I've got a parlay that's plus 358. Five leg parlay. AM, Houston, South Carolina, Florida State and Kentucky all to win on the money line. If you don't like that, take Florida State off. Take AM, Houston, Carolina, Kentucky. That four leg parlay will pay you 160 odds. Upset special, give me UCF in their Big 12 opener over Kansas State. All right, Charlie, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about this week? I'm feeling pretty good. I feel great about this week, Charlie. I was not confident last week. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not confident last week. I did not like the slate. This week, I've seen a lot of these teams now, got a better feel for them. I think, I think we start our, our upward trajectory today. Well, week. I'm just excited that this week has a some actual much good games. Slate. I mean, I started looking at the lines and I was like, "Ooh, it's like, oh yes, ooh, I want to watch that too. Yeah. Ooh, why is that game at 7:30 when we're playing? This oh. is the kind of week where I'll be watching games into like Thursday, maybe like Friday afternoon, because I can't watch. They all come on at the same time. I can't watch them all in one night. So I'll just talk to you next week. Let me. We can talk about. I'll tell you what games I've watched, and then we can talk about those. Sounds about right. I'll have them watched before this show. How about that? I that, guess I'll have to. Yep, that that's kind of my goal. Every week, like I, I gotta get these shows, I gotta get these games watched before the show because if not, I'm gonna make my pick. So yeah. Have you watched all the games from last weekend? Uh, no, but the ones I needed to, I did. All right. We got another one I'm watching tonight. I am going to watch the Oklahoma State South, South Alabama game, which I did not get a chance to watch yet. So we'll watch that one, see how that one goes. But all right, guys, we feel better. We feel better about this week. I know it hasn't been the hottest start, but. It starts now. It starts now. We love this week. But all right, guys, have a fantastic week. If you're coming to town, have a heck of a time. Go dogs, baby. Thank you for being here. Always appreciate you. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.